It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the Car Doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Maybe you're listening on 100.3 FM. Maybe you've tapped the app. I stole that from Johnny Costello. Uh, you, maybe you, you went on and heard our app. Uh, you're listening online any number of ways. Uh, there's a lot of ways to listen to the program. And uh, for those of you who follow me on Facebook, um, I'm not dead. I just went to, I just went to a walk-in clinic um, because I picked up something heavy at work and i was standing on a ladder when i did it and hurt my back so uh but uh my back is getting better and uh i would recommend uh if you're in the westwood area the west in westwood uh uh urgent care it's a pretty good place to go so you can check it out or don't either way so uh but we are coming up we are going to be talking with uh, jim morrison jim morrison is the head of uh ram brands uh he was named uh, the guy in charge of Ram. We'll be talking to him in just a couple of minutes. And also, a little bit later on, we'll be talking with Mark Rectin, the executive editor of Motor Trend. So we have a couple things going on today. We also will be doing some trivia and uh, a number of different things. So maybe we're not. Did Dennis just hang up on our guest? Dennis. <laughs> Oh, well. And I need to say happy anniversary to my wife. Uh, it was my anniversary this week. And on the same day, I went to the urgent care, by the way. But uh, talk. So uh, happy anniversary to us, I guess, is a good way to say that. So, um, <laughs> uh, but it's just one of those one of those Saturday mornings, you know, he, you know, Dennis, Dennis said to me, it's cold. I'm tired. I think that's I think that's all of it. So. <laughs> all right. We good now? All right. Hey, with us on the phone is uh, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison has been on this program before, but uh, Jim, uh, your title has changed since you've been on the program. It has, yeah. It's from Jeep over to uh, Ram. And uh, Ram America. Yeah. So, uh, so you have you have uh, you have the you have the big job, but it sounds weird when you say head of Ram. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you guys you guys just uh, introduced the uh, 2019 uh, Ram 1500, and uh, you guys came out with an addition for uh, for the cold weather states. Can you tell us about that? We did. You know, our uh, our north package that we uh, we introduced had uh, had we were walking around the uh, New York Auto Show uh, here last year. And, uh, and talking to our dealers and talking to some of our customers, and we had just uh, unveiled the uh, the, the uh, Kentucky Derby edition, which had this really cool uh, body colored look on uh, on our limited truck. And you know, we all knew 2019 it's coming to the marketplace. But and of course, you know, being from the uh, from the Northeast, the, the the topic always goes turns into uh, uh, you know into cold weather and dealing with storms and and. Uh, you know, me coming from that part of the world too. I, you know, I knew that a good snowstorm was was two feet, 
and uh, we needed to make sure you guys had a truck ready to uh, tackle it. So that's what uh, the genesis of the North package was all about. And then uh, we put some really uh, some really cool content behind that good look that uh, had been well received with the Kentucky Derby edition. And then you know we uh, we added it in. So you know, nice, uh, uh, really aggressive uh, tires. They're obviously uh, snow rated. Uh, a little bit of a lift for the truck. It actually uh, gives it a nice look with uh, you know, with its uh, with its raised ride height. Uh, but then we've got a nice uh, transfer case with uh, automatic uh, four-wheel drive, so you can uh, put it in there, set, and forget it. It doesn't you know co-op around parking lots and drive pavement or anything like that. And uh, but then if you get it really uh, uh, tough going, you know, we've got a, a rear locker too, so it's uh, it's got a lot of uh, real solid capability behind it because, you know, when it sells in New England, you guys need some serious uh, capability. So we've got that in the truck. And then, of course, we wanted to make sure the creature comforts uh, that go along with that, you know, with heated mirrors and, uh, of course, heated seats and heated steering wheels and, you know, the ability with, uh, with slush mask, you know, to deal with uh, all of that uh, nasty salt and flush that we have to deal with every uh, winter. So it's uh, a truck that's, uh, you know, served to please you know, uh, right out of the box uh, for the guys that have to, uh, or, or get to. Some people love the snow like I do, but uh, it's, it's a great new ent- entry for uh, for the Rembrandt. Yeah, it really is. And it's going to be one of the few vehicles that comes with winter tires, right? Yes, it's, uh, it is indeed. And, you know, the the, uh, the Falcon Ultrain tires are uh, are all season uh, tires, uh, but they're, uh, they're snowflake rated. Uh, so, you know, right out of the box, you, know, you don't have to worry this, the tire technology has come so far in the last few years, as, as, as you guys know better than anybody. It's 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 great to have that technology putting, you know, putting the uh, um, you know the rubber you know all the way to the ground and not uh, not getting stuck half the snow. So it's uh, it's 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 a it's a great tire, and it comes in both uh, 18 inch and uh, and 20 inch because you know there's you know, some customers want to have the uh, the 20 in that look with uh, with their truck too. So. It's got uh, capability uh, tied to both an 18 and a 20 inch tire. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a pretty remarkable truck. And when you guys introduced it at uh, a recent New England Motor Press meeting, uh, it it, uh, it it went over really well with with the with the uh, I don't know 40 or so people that were in the room at the time. So uh, pretty amazing. And it also has uh, it has e torque. Can you tell us what that is? E torque is is our mild hybrid. Uh, engine that we've uh, we've added into the 2019 uh, Ram, and basically what it is, it comes standard on our V6, and it's optional uh, on our uh, on our Hemi V8. Uh, but basically what it is, it's uh, um, it's it's a it's a mild hybrid that we uh, we add on to uh, the engines, and it grabs the energy you know under braking and stores them uh, and stores energy in 48 volt batteries. And then feeds it back to the uh, to the truck uh, when uh, when you need to to get uh, extra uh, fuel efficiency and a little bit extra performance off the line, which is uh, which is great because you know our truck customers always want a little more performance and uh, hey, it's still nice to have uh, you know a little bit easier in your pocketbook. So it picks up um, two miles per gallon uh, with our with our Hemi V8 and uh, and picks up uh, three miles per gallon versus our uh, versus our outgoing V6. So it's uh, it's a little bit uh, uh, better for uh, for fuel as well. And one thing that uh, and people will probably hate me for saying this because it sounds like I I don't like the environment. But one thing I hate sometimes in a vehicle is uh, auto shut off when you come to a stop. And with the e torque system, 
it makes it truly seamless. It is. It shuts off, and when it goes to start back up, it does it without any commotion. It's nice and smooth when it starts back up, and and you know, as opposed to some other cars, and some of you know, some are you know very high end cars, and they start up, and it sounds like it sounds like you're in an old standard shift turning the key to try to get it going when. Uh, you know, if the clutch broke on it or something, and, and uh, this car, this truck, it's uh, it's seamlessly smooth when it starts up again. Well, thanks for pointing that out because you know we had, we spent a lot of time making it totally transparent for our customer. In fact, we were so paranoid that you know customers might not want that technology on their uh, on their truck that you know, we put the off button right by the uh, right by the drive dial so that if you know somebody wanted to turn it off, they could just flick it right off as they're putting it in the drive, but. Um, quite frankly, what people are telling me, and, and I've been driving one as well, is it's so seamless they don't even bother. And uh, and it's hard, right, with a V8 engine to turn it off and to turn it back on, and you know, not shake the whole cab and you know scare the crap out of the customers to think their uh, you know, their truck is actually turned off. Um, but that e uh, torque, that extra uh, torque that we had in through the uh, through the electric um, addition with the, with a mild hybrid really smooths it out, and it's uh, it's really transparent for. Uh, yeah, it really, it really is, and uh, you know, it, it, you know, f- you know, Ford, Ford is kind of the king of the truck market, followed by Chevrolet and GMC. How's the, how's the Ram brand doing? Uh, uh, how's it grow? How's it growing into that market? Well, it's nice, and you know, uh, Ram has has been uh, kind of traditionally in the number three spot, you know, with uh, uh, Ford and Chevy. Yeah. Uh, but happy to report, since we've got this new truck online. You know, kind of uh, mid-year, a little slow coming out of the, the blocks. You know, as we got a brand new plant in uh, in Detroit, Michigan, yep. kind of uh, uh, ramping up. But now that we've got that uh, that plant ramped up, and and uh, you know, some good availability of the new uh, truck with uh, with our dealerships, uh, we've been growing quite substantially. So uh, last month, happy to report that uh, you know, the uh, the Ram brand was number two. Um, still a long way to go uh, to continue to. Uh, yeah. No, and one other question before we let you go. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the program, we're going to be talking with Mark Recton, the executive editor of Motor Trend. And you guys did pretty good at Motor Trend this year. We love Motor Trend. Tom, thank you. And, and uh, we love those guys. You know, we, um, they're a real authority on uh, on uh, evaluation. They love the new truck. Happy to uh, the recipient of Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Uh, you can see it, you know, on our website. You know, proud and proud. It's the first thing you see is, uh, you know, we're very proud of uh, uh, the accolade they've given us. And we are toe to toe with the best new trucks in the marketplace. And I think they said it best as it wasn't even close. And you know, the new Ram uh, 1500 uh, was uh, was the winner. And uh, and we really shout out the other guys. And I think that's what we're seeing in the marketplace is our customers are coming to us and saying, wow, you know, we, it's been a while since we considered the Ram. Drove it, loved it, and they're loving it. And one thing that we're happy about the Ram brand is we have the highest uh, loyalty in the segment, and uh, we like to keep our uh, customers around because of the way we deliver service them and the way that the uh, the trucks, you know, uh, work with long term durability and reliability, and just you know, a, a fun, hard working Ram truck. Yeah, and I seem to remember handing a a, a New England Motor Press trophy out to uh, to the folks from Ram last year as well. So. Yeah, and you know our North Edition kind of coming full circle. That's what it's meant to be. We want uh, we want that to win. I love that uh, trophy from you guys, and love the recognition of a truck that works in the snow because 
like I said, growing up in that area, I, I really like uh, the idea of a truck, you know, serving our customers that uh, that, that need a truck working hard in the winter, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, be the proud recipient of that uh, back-to-back. But that's uh, that was our point behind the North Edition with you guys, is design and build something specifically for you guys, your yep. customers, and, uh, and try to win that trophy again. So thank you, and hopefully uh, we'll see that uh, trophy in our case soon. All right, and before we let you go, can you um, – you know, can you send down a couple of good Canadian hockey players to help out the Bruins? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I technically play each around here. Somewhere on my Boston Red Sox hat. Okay. Close. That's some, somebody else. I, I don't know if you guys can do, do that, but all of the, uh, all the pride behind, uh, you know, Boston, you know, you guys, uh, you, you can kill it with, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the number two Boston fan. So I, uh, you know, I don't really care what the hockey team does as long as your uh, baseball team keeps doing what it did. All right. Hey, hey, Jim, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us uh, down here where it's where it's only uh, 18 degrees this morning. Yeah, great uh, great talking to you guys. And, you know, winter's on its way, and, uh, and we're dealing with some, some uh, you know, some cold weather and early start of uh, winter here in Detroit, too. So, you know, great talking to you guys, and we'll look forward to seeing you guys at the uh, – at the Boston Auto Show, we've got uh, some special news with a new heavy duty winner, um, something that no one's ever seen before. So we'll, we'll keep uh, keep some cool stuff happening uh, in the window with you guys. All right, look forward to it, Jim. Take care and and have a great rest of the weekend. Okay, good stuff. Yep. Good talking to you. Bye bye. That was Jim Morrison, the uh, head of Ram. A little bit of a tough conversation. I apologize for that, but that that sort of helped. You know, it's I don't know, just happens. So now I'm not sure if I actually hung up on him or if or his, his phone yeah, dropped. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think his phone might have dropped because it was pretty bad the first time. So, um, well, why don't we take a quick break? Okay, we'll we'll regroup a little bit, and I think right around the nine o'clock hour we're going to be talking with Mark Rectin, the executive editor for Motor Trend. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030. Phone lines are open at 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Newtonville had a speed sign sitting at the top of the hill. Said 35 miles and stay in line. But the Jaguar Thunderbird never made a sign. Slow down to the Jaguar. I keep cool in Thunderbird mode. Newtonville was a real small town. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program at AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. And our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through. And um, a little bit of a, I got, I was looking at Automotive News. They have the update from the L.A. Auto Show. One of the big hits they have is a new pickup truck called the Rivian, speaking of trucks, and it's an all-electric pickup truck. Um, whoever wrote this column said, I wanted to say no to the idea of an electric pickup. Who needs that? But it kept looking up at me and, with the, and said, uh, it said he described it as looking at an ugly puppy at a, at a uh, pet store, but he said it's a... Half a million dollar electric two-seater. It'll, it'll never sell such contemplative time, uh, but it has a 
400 mile range. Um, it's got a it's got some neat little features like a pop up flashlight. Um, it's, it's an awful lot of money though, but everybody says it's a pretty interesting truck. One of the misses they said was the Honda Passport, the 2012 Passport. Uh, is Honda's first SUV nameplate. It's engineered and built for all weather and off road conditions. Uh, I know this because the press release said so. Whoever wrote this said, uh, but they called it a miss. The Mazda 3, they called so-so. Our little uh, dream car is all grown up. Uh, it's more uh, square, more premium material. Uh, one thing that they did say was a hit is the new Kia Soul. And it said, uh, Kia, keep on doing what you're doing. Um, but the 2020 Kia Soul continues to show a truck-obsessed market, how much more fun a cheap car can be uh, as a form of personal expression, even when it's shaped like a cardboard box on top of another cardboard box. And I like the Kia Soul a lot. I think I think the Kia Soul is a really good alternative for somebody who wants the versatility of a, uh, an SUV with the ability to carry bigger stuff, get good, pretty good gas mileage, and they're not real expensive. Let's uh, talk to Tom in Weymouth. Tom? Hello. Happy anniversary, John. Well, thank you very much. Congratulations. Even if I did spend my anniversary part of it in, a, in an urgent care, but, you know, other than that, it was fine. Right. Yeah. The, the only thing worse, is, John, I'll tell you, I treasure it because I lost my wife a year ago, and oh, it's sorry. imaginable, yeah. you know, what it's really. But yeah. I'll get on that, but... You um, usually play every in the Christmas time a song by a Swedish guy about his car being held by bailing wire and all that. Oh, you know, oh, the uh, the Youpers. And who does that? It's the called it's called the Youpers. Rusty Chevrolet. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> can you force Dennis to play it? I know he uh, <laughs> if he can find it, I'm sure he will play it. If not, okay. we can. I'm sure we can find it on YouTube or something. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Youpers. U p p e r. Yeah. yeah. And and I. I don't know where they're actually from. I, I think they're. I think they're one of those. One of those uh, folks that uh, it is. Uh, they They may actually be from Boston or something. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I see what you mean. Yeah. Another question. A, I've been watching this ad on TV. True Car. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been around. I've heard. It, and what is it? That something where you could. You give them your plate number online, and they give you a, a, a price on your trade-in. And how does it work? Do you know? Yeah, the trade-in. The trade-in. I'm not quite sure how it works uh, hmm. because that's that's going to be so varied. But for new car pricing, what they do is they have agreements with all kinds of car dealers. And uh, a little secret here is that the um, that. AAA has a car buying program, and if you go on AAA's website, it's a car buying program, and behind it is actually True Car. And when I went and purchased the Hyundai Santa Fe that I have now, um, I talked to a person I know who worked at Hyundai, and she said, oh, we have a friends and family discount. And so she sent it to me, and the price I got from True Car was actually about $75 better than the friends and family discount from Hyundai. So, um, mm. so it's, it's a pretty, you know, pretty well-negotiated price, but I don't know how they do the used car part. Yeah, I just have a punch it up on the thing there, and it's a, you know, something about you put in your plate number, and then yeah. they calculate or whatever. So it's a valid 
service. Yeah, I the, the, true car, I do true car itself. Online. Yeah, true car itself is a, is a really good service. Uh, but again, the used car part, you know, it's you know you can. It's not like. Um, when, when I was car shopping, I went car shopping for used cars, too, and I went to Enterprise and uh, uh, because I thought, well, maybe I'll buy a car that was, you know, formerly a rental car from the Enterprise fleet. And I said to them, oh, do you take trade-ins? And they said, oh, yeah, we do, you know, within reason. And I said, right. how do you – they said uh, – I said something about what do you think you can give me for my car? And they said, oh, just go on Kelly Blue Book. Be honest on the trade-in value. So if your car's in excellent shape, put down excellent. But if it's, you know, if it's hit everything but the lottery, uh, put down it's in poor condition. And, and they said, we we just give you whatever Kelly Blue Book says, says it is. So. Well, okay. And, and I, also, I want to thank you. Uh, on my fuel pump thing you know, that I've been calling you yep. about, uh, wasn't holding. I did a longer bolt. It grabbed better. I didn't overly tighten it. I'm like, okay. that's good. It's, it's holding. So on that part... And also something else, I, I, I believe you were right. When you were, you were kind of saying the fuel pump was bothering you, you know how you yep, loop yep, the gas. Yep. It, here's one thing that I noticed. Uh, uh, right before the carburetor, I put on a glass, uh, not a glass, a plastic filter clear yep, so you could yep, see the gas yep. actually pumping. Now, with the old pump in there, after you'd shut the engine off, you'd see the fuel. If you went back to that later on, you would see that it drained back. Okay. Now, with the new fuel pump, it's not doing that. So there probably was a diaphragm leak in some sort, which you were alluding to. Yep. Yeah, so, so if your wife doesn't say it, I want to say you were right. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. All right. Take care, Tom. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Do you find the Youpers? Dashing through the snow in my rusty Chevrolet. Down the road I go, sliding all the way. I need new piston rings. I need some new snow tires. My car is held together by a piece of chicken wire. Oh, rust and smoke, the heaters broke, the door just flew away. I light a match to see the dash, and then I start to pray. The flame is bent, the muffler went, the radio is okay. Oh, what fun it is to drive this rusty Chevrolet. There we go. You found it. I did. It took I some did. searching, took some digging. It was deep it, into it was, the archives. It was, it was buried in the archives. Die Youpers is the... Uh, yeah, they got to be from Canada. You know, Manitoba. Dayupas is a traveling comedy show and musical group from uh, from Michigan. Actually, they're known Michigan. primarily. For, yeah, well, you know, Upper Peninsula. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, Sorry, so uh, <laughs> they're known for their humorous songs and skits, most of which centered around the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. The band's name includes the term Youpers, slang for the residents of the Michigan Upper Peninsula, and the use of da. Instead of the, is typical of Youper dialect. So Die Youpers has released 12 regular albums and two compilations, all of their uh, personal label, You Guys Records. And uh, they've been around since 1975. And there's one, two, three, four, four of them. And some, and about 50 part past members. And that's all I know about them. That's all the internet can tell me about them. So there you go. And that's more than anybody really needs really, to know. Probably anyone really cares, <laughs> except for Tom and Weymouth. Yes. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. I think this is time to talk about, this is kind of an all-Chrysler show today, it seems like. 
because Except I'm going to talk Rusty Chevrolet or, or Rusty Chevrolet show. Um, I have owned many Chevrolets in my lifetime. I think I've owned well. I owned a Chevy. Uh, my first car that I ever owned was a Chevy Nova that literally had a board for the floorboard okay. and stuff like that. And then I owned an Oldsmobile, which is GM. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. No, I my second or third car was my uh, teenage hot rod phase where I had a 57 Chevy. Oh, I had a Monte Carlo, too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I had a couple. I always liked Chevys. Uh, but the the uh, interestingly... The vehicle that got me around a couple of weeks ago was the 2019 Ram 1500 pickup, and the the 20 the 1500 pickup has been completely redesigned, like Jim said, for 2019. It's available in short and long wheelbase models, two four door cab configurations, six trim levels. A four wheel drive is offered in each model. The results uh, it results in about 29 different available configurations of the Ram 1500. This year's uh, Ram is even offering a special trim level, like you said, uh, Northeast Edition or the North Edition. Our road test was in the four-wheel drive limited crew cab edition with the 5.7 liter mild hybrid V8. Our well-equipped uh, model included remote start. Wish I had that today. Speaking of which, I heard Dave from Auto Toys commercial running. Which should mean that we're going to do a remote there. I'll have to ask. Maybe next weekend would be a good weekend to do a remote at Dave's from Auto Toys. Um, the V8 engine provides plenty of power while returning reasonable fuel fuel economy for a full-size truck. The e-torque mile hybrid technology offers seamless idle stop and start, making this sometimes annoying feature almost undetectable. The e-torque system also offers a bit of extra torque uh, and regenerative braking to recharge the 48-volt uh, hybrid battery. The V8 engine also has cylinder deactivation to help improve fuel economy. I averaged uh, 19 miles per gallon in a mix of city and highway driving. The eight-speed automatic transmission is nicely matched to the 395-horsepower engine, delivering smooth, crisp shifts. In just about every driving situation, the ride was quiet and comfortable. This model also had air suspension, which is really nice. Um, because it also, you can raise it up for off-road. You can lower it down to get in and out of it easier. This model also had power running boards. This was a top-of-the-line model. Um, and it also, when you're out on the highway, it lowers down to what they call aerodynamic mode. So it brings it down just a little bit lower to get better fuel economy. After a short time behind the wheel, um, this big truck became as easy to drive as a large sedan. Can I ask a question? Sure. Do you feel it lower when you're on the highway? No. No. Now, you don't notice, but if you're sitting at a light and you and you start playing with the buttons. Oh, yeah, you can feel it. You, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of, and it does it sort of the front and back, so it sort of rocks a little bit. It's kind of fun. Uh, the four-wheel drive system requires just a twist of a knob to go from two-wheel to four-wheel drive auto. And there's a specialized high and low gear ranges. So if you don't want auto, but auto is just a place to leave it for this time of year. During a recent trip and some nasty weather, the Ram inspired some confidence. The top-of-the-line model also was equipped with a full complement of advanced driver system systems that included automatic emergency braking, lane departure correction, self-parking, and smart cruise control. The cab is comfortable with a wide and supportive uh, heated and ventilated front seats. With this combination of adjustable suspension and power running boards, getting in and out of the cabin was uh, pretty effortless. The running boards just seem to be at the right height. Sometimes a truck with running boards, I'm either stepping up too high and they're in the way, or I whack my shin on them. These seem to work 
these seem to work really well. Um, I like the idea of the shifter. They weren't trying to be complicated with it. I got in a Lincoln Navigator one day, and I had all I could do to figure out where how to shift from park to drive. It was there were there were push buttons, sort of like push buttons, on the dash down by like the cup holder. It's like there's no stock, there's no knob, there's no lever. It's like, did they really need to do that? And I guess after if you know if you spend a couple of weeks in it, you'd get used to doing it. But silly, I got in it and I'm like, start it up. I'm looking around, going. Well, everything runs through a computer now, so I know everything you, should yeah, be. You don't need push, a, you, don't you should need be able to do voice commands at this point. Oh, great. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, voice commands for something that can put five thousand pounds in motion. Just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Hey, Alexa. And all of a sudden, fifteen people's Alexas <laughs> just came on. Well, you know, I I don't know that I wanted to go. You know, your voice is unique. It, like when you record, sort, things. sort of, yeah, yeah. But yeah. still, uh, hey, we need to drive that. Oh, and all of a sudden, it goes in a drive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, where was I? The um, infotainment infotainment system had a twelve-inch display. My first TV wasn't twelve inches. Um, and it's uh, pretty user-friendly with a minimally distractive interface. Uh, I think the car manufacturers are starting to go away from um, these completely uh, touch-type systems. Although, it's funny, the new Tesla Model 3, everything in it is a touchscreen, uh, except for the emergency flasher button, which requires by... Uh, DOT rules, it has to be an actual button. So they put it, mounted it up on the roof. But um, the the idea that you have to go in, if you want to play with the climate control, you have to go stare at the screen. And it's just, I don't think it was a great idea. I think Elon made a mistake. There's been a few. Yeah, a couple. You know, he did come out with that flamethrower. Uh, the the cargo bed had a nice spray-on uh, liner that looked good and kept items from sliding around. Our test truck also had the optional folding cargo cover, which provided a nice weather-tight seal. The truck also had uh, side storage boxes and a 12-volt outlet, I mean 120-volt outlet, so you could run something smallish. You wouldn't be running a big, you know, two-horsepower saw or something with it, but you could easily, I don't know, run something. I think it was a 600-watt outlet, so it wasn't bad. The Ram 1500 with all its features is certainly not cheap, but it may be uh, the nicest and one of the most competent pickup trucks available today. If you're looking for a truck that can double as a luxury car, the Ram is it. So a awfully nice, awfully nice truck. Dennis, do we have uh, Mark Recton ready to go? Or almost ready to go? I think... I think we said we were going to talk to him around 9 o'clock. So with us on the phone is Mark Recton. He is the executive editor of Motor Trend. Everyone knows Motor Trend is the go-to magazine for car enthusiasts, and each year they come up with the car, truck, and SUV of the year. Mark, good morning. And what happened this year? This year we had a really interesting competition. We had uh, 81 total vehicles that we tested at various automaker uh, proving grounds that allow us to do things that you can't do on uh, civilian turf. Uh, but then we also did a lot of testing on civilian turf as well because that's the place where you're going to notice the things that go wrong on vehicles that would drive an owner crazy after the first six months of ownership. And uh, the results were really intriguing. We got, uh, we got some winners that I think uh, 
perhaps the, the uh, conventional wisdom wouldn't necessarily say would be the first choice to win. Well, let's let's start with um, let's start with car of the year. Uh, what is it, and how is it how is it chosen? Well, this is a big deal. Uh, this is the first time a Korean badged manufacturer uh, has won car of the year or any of the year. Um, it's the Genesis G70. Genesis being um, Hyundai's luxury brand, much like Lexus belongs to Toyota. And uh, what Genesis came out with was a really really strong competitor to uh, in the compact sport luxury segment. Um, better known as where you see the BMW 3 Series. And a lot of car companies, they make this submission, we're going to build a better 3 Series, and they don't. And they've been trying for decades. Uh, in the case of, of the Genesis G70, they came first effort out of the, out of the gate, and they nailed it. Um, it's, it's smooth, it's quiet, it's fast, it's upscale. Um, it has it all. It's got great ride, but it also handles well. Um, it has performance uh, while also being pretty dang fuel efficient. Uh, and the build quality is exceptional. If you've been following uh, the progress of Hyundai in terms of their manufacturing of late, you know, they're building really, really solid cars. Um, and then you get inside, the interior is opulent, the seats. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of comfortable seats that also are firm and hold you in place under sporty driving. And, and once again, Genesis nailed that. It's, uh, it's just important all over, impressive all over. And, and perhaps most important, it's a great value. You get all these features uh, for anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars less than the competition. Yeah, as uh, as a Hyundai owner, I, I own a Hyundai Santa Fe Sport, and you know, it's the same thing. When I was shopping shopping for a vehicle, I was looking for value, I was looking for reliability, and and the Hyundai did that for me. Um, the uh, the truck of the year, truck of the year is always always a little bit tough because I think people are so passionate about trucks, and for the longest time, it was the Chevy guys and the Ford guys, but. Uh, uh, what happened this year at Motor Trend? Well, the Chevy guys and the Ford guys are going to have to look over their shoulder because the Ram guys took it this year. The full-size 1500 Ram uh, is Motor Trend's 2019 Truck of the Year. And uh, we're looking at, this is a really interesting year because Chevy, GMC, and Ram all had brand-new full-size trucks, and there was also a diesel variant from the Ford F-150. So all of Detroit was competing, uh, and that made for some really high stakes. And when you're looking at trucks, we're pretty much in the same level in terms of capability, in terms of what it can tow, what it can haul, things like that. So then you're moving into the next level stuff. Where, where are the neat storage features? Um, is it comfortable to drive in or does it hobby horse? Um, talk, tell me about its convenience features. How well does the infotainment system work? Um, and, and the Ram nails these things. The Ram is the only uh, truck, for instance, that has an independent rear suspension. It has coil springs with, uh, with an optional air suspension, and it doesn't feel like a truck. It doesn't hobby horse down the road. It, it, it rides like a luxury car, actually. And yet the penalty for, for having this kind of uh, not-quite-so-tough suspension, as the loyalists to the other brands will say, um, is a very minimal subtraction in terms of towing capacity that 99% of Americans will never use. I would totally take that switch any day of the week. Yeah, I just got out of the Ram 1500, the 2019 Ram 1500, and you know, yeah, I it kind of went back to if Chrysler made a truck, and you know, Chrysler, Chrysler, you know, historically being the luxury arm of of uh, uh, the corporation, the Ram truck would have been it, especially the one I was driving. Air suspension. Great interior, comfortable. You could drive it all day long, and after a while, you just forgot it was a truck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of contractors are using their trucks as an office, and it may seem odd. Uh, you may think, oh, no, no, you, you, you buy a truck and you, you haul sheetrock or bricks or what have you. Um, in this case, you get inside, and the infotainment system, the telematic system, is absolutely engineered to make your work 
happen right there. All you need is a cell phone signal, and you're good to go. Um, the infotainment system uh, is connected. You get Apple CarPlay. You get Android Auto. You can do pretty much anything you need to do from the cabin of your RAM and, and not need to say, oh, I've got to go back to the office. I'll see you in a couple hours. You, you have a fully functioning office right there. It's, it's supremely well executed. Yeah, I think the center console in, in the RAM 1500 is as big as my office. Yeah, the storage, the storage ability of this vehicle is, is unsurpassed. You mentioned the center console. There's little nooks and cubbies all over the place. You'll, you'll spend the first six weeks discovering new ones. I mean, heck, the, the, the rails for the bed um, have little uh, swing-open pockets that uh, lock, and so perhaps you have some smaller tools that you don't want rattling around in the bed itself. You just pop those little swing-open doors, and uh, they, they, they fit right in there. They're lockable, so... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one good idea after another. Just really impressive, thoughtful work by Ram. Yeah, and at least in the one I drove, 115-volt electrical outlet in the bed, so you could, uh, I guess you could run some light-duty power tools or a blender, you know. Yeah, and, and a lot of trucks have these kinds of, uh, you know, outlets to, to power remote devices, but the one thing that the Ram has that no one else does, when speaking of electricity, is it has a hybrid electric motor, um, and basically what it does is it, it, it's more there as an assist. Uh, think of it as an electric turbocharger, as it were, uh, where it helps smooth acceleration when you need it, and it also improves fuel economy by leveling out those kinds of peaks and valleys that you would have normally when driving just a pure gas car. Um, a big gamble by Ram to have a, a hybrid powertrain, and yet it seems to be working out really, really well. It's the only uh, vehicle I've driven a long while that I haven't been looking for the auto shutoff. It's, it stops and starts flawlessly, nice and smooth. Just uh, Ram did a great job with this. And then finally, uh, SUV of the year, uh, you know, every other vehicle on the road is an SUV. This had to be a hard choice. It was a really hard choice because trying to define SUV these days is, is tricky. I mean, is it a, is it a go-anywhere rock crawler? Is it a, a family vehicle for people who despise minivans? Is it a, a lifted wagon? Uh, or is it a combination of all three? And, and trying to get that recipe right is, is a real challenge. Um, and none more so than for, uh, for SUV of the Year winner, the Jeep Wrangler. Um, a lot of people have put it into a convenient little box. I mean, this is an, an off-roader. You know, young males drive it, and they go rock crawling. Well, not so fast. Um, this vehicle, without having lost any of its off-road capability, in fact, improving on it, um, is now what you would see uh, driving down the boulevard quite comfortably. They've improved the on-road drive as well. Um, there's now a new two-liter, uh, two-liter excuse me, two-liter turbo-four engine that has really impressive fuel economy and strong power delivery. Uh, I, there were a number of people on the on the testing panel who thought that the uh, the two-liter four was a more impressive engine than the V6. Um, you know, obviously it's up to customer preference, but uh, but in this case, a lot of us like the new turbo-four engine. Um, you know, its, it's off-road manners are impeccable. Of course, you can do all these things that are, you know, expert-level off-roading types of maneuvers if, once you learn how the Wrangler works. And yet, if you just leave it in four-high auto, the Wrangler is going to get you through 99% of any obstacle that a newbie would ever encounter. And it will do it capably. It will make you look really good. It's, uh, it's a fun thing. And, and then you always have to drive back home from where you were off-roading, and in that case, you're not going to get your molars jarred loose. The, the suspension for off-road drive is, is supple, it's nice, and for a vehicle with, you know, what would be considered a relatively short wheelbase compared to much of the competition, it rides really smooth. Yeah, the, the, all, the Jeep is, is so refined. People that haven't been in a Jeep for a long time and remember it is exactly what you said. It, it shake your, 
shake your teeth out of your head when you're driving it. It's completely different now, but it hasn't lost any of its uh, historical uh, feel to it. In, in fact, uh, it's the vehicle here in New England that if you're you know, thinking about going to the beach and you have the ability to drive on the beach or you just drive it in lousy New England weather that can be rain or snow or combinations of both, uh, you know that's that's a vehicle that that really seems to do it, and it's a vehicle that does it comfortably with all of the uh, all of the features that people have grown to want in a new in a new car today. Yeah, I mean the, the cool thing is that the Wrangler it, it harkens back to nostalgia, you know, to a, a, a time back when you know you could cl- climb into the engine bay and work on it, and you could do all these things, and yet it doesn't get trapped by it. It has all this new technology. You can disconnect the anti roll bars with a push of a button for crying out loud. Um, you know, you can engage, you know, all the various differentials. Uh, you can go four high, four low, and, and just it, it almost has a way of getting itself out of any situation you might put it into. It's, it's a really beautifully engineered vehicle. And when it's cleaned up, the valets like to park it out in front, so... Especially in red. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you know, as you as you look back at Car and Truck of the Year, have you ever have you ever looked back, you know, historically thirty years ago and said, um, maybe that wasn't the best choice? Well, I've only been here for two and a half years, but uh, yeah, you, you do a, a, a some amount of uh, historical recollection. I think what so a lot of people need to understand is when you go back in history, you also need to look what else was in the field. So. Uh, when you look at what might have been, uh, in today's perspective, a regrettable decision, you then look at what else uh, those vehicles were competing against, and, and you pretty easily can come to the conclusion that the right car won. It was the best best car of the time. If people want to find out more information about uh, all of the all of the winners, uh, sport utility, truck of the year, car of the year, where do they go? Sure. Uh, well, the main website is motortrend.com, and if you were looking specifically for information on the award winners, it's motortrend.com slash awards. And if people are out shopping, uh, can Motor Trend offer shopping tips? Uh, yeah, our website does have a whole section on uh, being a smarter shopper. Uh, you know, one thing, in addition to doing uh, a lot of buyer's guide research uh, on our pages, uh, you can also find uh, ways to, to make yourself a smarter shopper. We have uh, many, many articles on how to do that. One thing I'd also recommend is, is going to one of your regional auto shows. And Motor, Sprint, Motor Trend sponsors several of them. Um, it's an opportunity to, you know, kick the tires, look at the sheet metal, climb all over the cars, in some cases get a test drive without the hassle of a dealer, you know, a sales guy leaning in your ear saying, hey, what do I got to do to sell this to you today? You know, it's, it's a lot lower key. It saves you on a whole lot of driving. And, it, you know, it, it lets you get a better sense of, wow, I didn't know that car was like that, and, and become a more informed consumer because that's what we all want. We, we just want the best car for you. Yeah, the Providence Auto Show coming up coming up soon, and uh, and that's one of the Motor Trend shows, so always a good show to go to. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning to join us up here in Boston. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Phone lines are open at 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Police stop my car. 
police stop my car. The police made me stop. Walk a straight line and blow a balloon up. Police stop my car. I can't say I know that one. Neither did I. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think I would have played that one. We'll yeah. get rid of that you one. Pulled it off, you pulled it off the archives again. Yep, so I did. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. You know, that's fine. Uh, 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Let's uh, talk to John in Boston. Hey, John. Yeah, yeah. Hi. I like that song. I, I also the idea some years ago. The police tow my car. Oh, the yeah. police tow my car. Yeah, they want to lose me happy walking from the yeah, bottom there, 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 there you go. It's all the same. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I got 95 Geo. I bought it almost 10 years ago. Never put it on the road. Lost the title. And a guy in New Hampshire is holding it for me and harassing him the town about having a car not registered so much for, with free or die or free country in America. And uh, what you might say about finding a title for a car like that, 1995 Geo. Do you know where it came from? A private seller. Oh, okay. But, but well, I had the title, and I lost it a long time ago. And well, as, as, one long, location. as long as you had, now, did you ever did you ever retitle it in your name? No, it wasn't, it wasn't in my name at all. I had the title, meaning to oh, okay. you know, put it on the road, and then uh, you know, no paperwork for it now, and you know, the engine started up and then put a new transmission, well, we yeah. built transmission into a thing, and then I noticed the front end had problems and never put it on the road, so on, so on. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, the only person that can apply for the title to that is um, the guy who owned it before you. Oh, I don't know who it is now. Yeah, yeah, because what happened is you were supposed to, when you got it, you were supposed to put the title in your name so you could pay the appropriate uh uh, sales tax at the time yeah. of the sale. Mm-hmm. So you could, I don't know how you, you'd, I guess you, I guess you'd have to start off with calling the registry and find out. But what they're going to say to you is when did you buy it? And you're going to say, I bought it in, you know, you know, 2009, 2009 and they're going to want to charge you, uh, uh, you know, uh, a sales tax penalty or something for the past, you know, nine years or 10 years. Um, the, the only other thing you could do is, um, you could, you could, you know, there are these companies that, that can create titles Mm -hmm. and I don't know what documentation you need to do that. But if you go, if you either go online or find a copy of Hemings Motor News or something like that, you can go to title, you, you look, look up title companies and they can, they they work with states that are a little bit more lenient on uh, on issuing titles, and they can actually, you know, the, you, you'll end up with a title from Tennessee or someplace, but at least it'll be a title, and then you can take that title and bring it to Massachusetts and, you know, get, you know, get uh, a proper title for Massachusetts. But it's going to require some work, and it may be, mm-hmm. and it may be more expensive than the car's worth. Mm-hmm. I think the Ministry of Wealth and Quincy went down some about three, four years ago for a little free car that they have. Yep. And so I haven't registered since 2001, never been on the road. And, well, finally sent the Lynn police officer to look yep. at it and brought the papers back. And he said, we'll give you a low-speed plate. You can buy the insurance and yep. something like that. So you have a city car? I have a city car. I have a, a Geo prison built by Uzi Aircraft and... Uh, 
Chevrolet, we've got that in Florida last for $1,400, neat batteries, all just got neat batteries. I got a Zen for $1,700 with the sunroof, got the Miles Comp. I just got this brother caught in these old electric cars, and, and they all need batteries, and batteries are a big cost. Yeah. So people get rid of them. You don't have my electric leopard, do you? Electric leopards down in Florida, yeah, it's there. That needs work. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the one I have. It's not It's not silver with a red interior, is it? I, I don't know. It was out in Western Massachusetts oh. a year ago, and I said, give me 300 bucks for it, and we hauled it off and, and burned it down to Florida. Well, I'll, I'll let you know, I, I had a electric leopard and yeah, uh, years ago, years ago, and I was yeah. in, I was coming home from, uh, from uh, Sudbury, and I saw, I saw, actually I saw a city car for sale. So I, I stopped and I said to the guy, hey, I'm interested in your electric car you got out. And he's like, which one? The, the, I got two city cars and two electric leopards. And I said, oh, I didn't see the electric leopard. I, I said, I'm more interested in that because the leopard would do 60 miles an hour. And uh, so I, I, we made, we talked back and forth, and I, uh, and I went back to see him a few days later. And I went in, and he lived in a, uh, a ranch-style house, but the thing had to be about 80 feet long. Big, long, long ranch-style house. And mm-hmm. um, he was, when I walked up to the house, I heard a bunch of commotion out back, and he was cutting the roof off a Porsche trying to turn it into a speedster. And uh, I said, hey, oh, yeah, I, I'm interested in your elect- the, the Leopard. I want to buy it. And, and the batteries were original in it, and the thing had to be 10 years old, so the batteries were mostly junk. And um, I, uh, we go up to his house to get the paperwork for it, and in his living room there's a uh, motorcycle engine apart in the living room. And in another room of the house there's a, there's a, a bunch of batteries all set up. And then on his kitchen table... And, a, and it was a big, like, table that could seat eight people. He had a bunch of uh, antique guns all apart. And I said to him, you're not married, are you? And he looks at me and goes, no, why do you Why? Why do you ask? And I said, I'm just guessing, just based on the uh, the motorcycle apart in the living room and car parts in the dining room and, you know, antique guns all apart all over the place. And he's like, no, no, I used to work for, uh, he worked for one of the high-tech companies. He also had, at one point, a windmill in his backyard and ran the whole car off, the, ran the whole house off the grid on uh, storage sure. batteries, but, but his windmill fell down, so he couldn't, couldn't do that. But to make this long story even longer, when I bought the electric leopard, he never, he never actually registered it. It was still on the original certificate of origin from the U.S. Um, electric car company out of Acton, and I said, "Was it all mass that time?" Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's what. Yeah. So I so I said to him, he said, "I said, well, you got four cars." He said, "I used to just take the one plate and put it on each one of the cars." He said, "If I ever get stopped, you know, the cops just going to say to me it's an electric car and wouldn't wouldn't look to see if the serial numbers matched." So I said, "Okay." So I went to the Plymouth Registry to register it. Yeah. And I said to them, you know, here's all the paperwork. And they're like, has the car ever been registered? And I'm like, geez, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. And they said, well, we're going to need the title and uh, proof of sales tax. And I said, well, I have the certificate of origin with the little, and it had like a seven-digit VIN number. And I said, you know, and they said, uh, yeah, uh, now you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay the sales tax on the car, and I'm like, well, that's fine. And they said, well, you're going to have to pay the sales tax on the car when it was new. 
I'm like, these things only cost like four thousand dollars when they were new. So I said, oh, if I have to, I have to. Maybe six thousand that time. Yeah, maybe, maybe something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, if I have to pay that, and they said, well, yeah, you have to pay that and in interest and penalties for the past ten oh. years. So it, it was going to cost me like three thousand dollars to register it. And so I, I said to them, well, is there somebody else I can talk to? And they said, well, you can go over there and talk to the supervisor. And the supervisor hadn't gotten in yet, and there was four people waiting in line to see about getting their driver's licenses back. So I sat there for a few minutes. Nobody showed up. I left, and I went up to the old Quincy registry. I walk in, and uh, they said to me, I said, I want to register this car in the Guy, young guy behind the counter said to me, uh, has this thing ever been registered before? And I said, yeah, I'm sure it has. I said, but I don't have, uh, all I have is the title and the, you know, certificate of origin and all that stuff. And he goes, oh, all right. So he has my license plate sitting on the counter and he's having trouble behind the, you know, on his computer. And I'm like, oh, this, you know, he says, let me go talk to somebody. So he goes up back, and I'm convinced they're actually calling the Plymouth Registry now, and they're, and they're ready to get me arrested for trying to re-register the car. And this older woman comes out, and if you had to pick, like, the classic stereotype cranky registry person, she comes out and she goes, what's the problem here? And I go, I, I don't I'm just trying to register my car. And she looks at it and says to the young guy, and the guy had to be in his early 20s, and she said, well, what's the problem with you? And he goes, I'm trying to put in electric leopard, and it keeps kicking it out. And she goes, try electric. And I said, and I, I almost said, well, that's not the name of the car, but I just didn't say anything. She types in electric leopard, and it accepts it and prints out my registration. And she looks at it and goes, screw it, close enough. <laughs> so it cost me like, cost me like you know, under a hundred dollars to get it registered because I didn't, I didn't, never lied, but I didn't tell the whole story, but. But that's how that's and I and then I brought the car home and drove it a little bit and I needed and it needed batteries. And at the time I worked at the the AAA office that was in Rockland and Boston Whaler was right across the street. And I would see the Trojan battery truck deliver batteries for Boston Whaler. So I called up Tro- Boston Whaler. No, Boston Whaler, the people that make boats. Oh, yeah. okay. so, so I uh, so I called up Trojan Battery and I said to him, "Hey, I'm interested in buying some batteries." And they said, "We only, we only, we only sell wholesale." And I said, "Well, you deliver to Boston Whaler right across the street, you know, and they, you know, they crank out boats all day long and they need batteries for the boats." And they said, uh, "Yeah, but you know, we only sell you only sell wholesale." And I said, "I need 16 six volt deep cycle batteries." And I said, and I'll pay cash. And the guy's like, okay. And they were about half the price of what, you know, if if at the time a 6-volt deep cycle like golf cart battery was like 80 bucks, these were maybe like 45 So I ended up buying the 16 batteries. They delivered them on a pallet. And I took them home like six batteries at a time until I got them all home and then, and then uh, put them all in the car. And then I drove the car. I, I drove the car for a while, and then I uh, sold it to a guy who uh, lived in downtown Boston and never wanted to buy gas. <laughs> so that's, so that's my electric. Life. That's my electric leopard car story. You, you know how many museums that would take these cars to put them on? That's what I'd like to do. Just put them in a museum if they don't run, and they could be on display. That's what I'd like to find. But I haven't found any. No, I don't. I you know they're they're. 
I know, like... I think there's one out west, way on Arizona, electric car museum. Yeah, there is. There is, but... Uh, I, you got uh, Yeah, I know even, uh, you know, when Solectria used to make cars... Um, they they had a couple of old old electric cars. They had a they had a uh, post office. You know when the post office was trying electric jeeps or little vans, uh, they had a couple of those. And they had their own little kind of antique electric car museum going up there. But uh, you know they're they're. Long- I'd like to find a Selectria van. I haven't seen those advertised anywhere in years. Yep. I remember seeing one at the airport. I remember seeing it advertised about five years ago in New York for three thousand dollars. Yep. yep. I should have jumped on it. No. No, but and I'm, you know, I'm sure. How many did they make those electric vans? Oh, I bet they didn't make many. I bet they only made. I bet they only made under under a hundred. Yeah, where are, are there any survivors? Any yeah, somewhere? there's probably a few here and there, but I like to find one. I'm uh, looking online constantly to see if the one turns yeah. up. But I haven't seen any. That in Ellie car. That was the car oh, yeah. from Italy for the yep. city car. Yeah, I haven't seen those lately. I missed out last year. A guy in New York had one for seventeen hundred bucks. I said, "Oh, I should have jumped on it." Well, I wanted to. He said he already sold it. Yeah, no, they well, you can. It's, 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 a, it's like a game. I don't really need them, but it's like a game. You know, finding them and, and getting them in the cool to get this collection together. And I, I really like to sell the whole collection to somebody like a Jay Reno. I'll buy the whole thing if I do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. Sure, I'm pretty sure he's not going to buy a, buy them. But you never, you never know. You might but find somebody like him. Yeah, yeah. somebody like him. They want to buy the whole collection. I'm not selling one card, one piece of one card. Yeah, you buy the whole thing. Yeah, how many yeah, total? How many, how many total electric cars do you have? Well, I started off back in the late. 90s, trying to get an electric car. I tried to get GMZ V1. I was yeah. very frustrated. Went all the way to California, and they told me you can't have it. And then I went to Paragon Honda in 1999 in New York, Queens, New York, to get the EV Plus, which was a $500 lease with insurance, fully insured. I yeah. said, better go half on that. And the first time I went there, they had about 10 of them in the uh, body shop with dust all over them. I said, I'm interested in one of those. It was like a Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, come back. We're busy right now. How often does a dealership tell you to come back? Usually when you step in there, they don't want to let you out the door. Right. <laughs> but he's telling me to come back. Went back two weeks later. There was one polished up in the showroom floor. I'm interested in that car. I signed up for it. Gave him a check. Calls me two days later. You can't have it. I said, why not? Because you don't live in New York. I said, what's the difference? We're only in Boston. We'll give it back to you anytime you want. Well, if you want to call Honda in California, Honda in California will let you have it. We'll let you have it. Mm-hmm. Now, they wouldn't let me have it. So they started looking online. The average car, there was only conversions basically that time. Yeah. And the average conversion was like $5,000. So I found the city car that was way out in yeah. Michigan, $2,000. It looked good in the picture. And I called American Auto Transporters down the South Shore. Mm-hmm. I said, you take a COD, they did. Uh, you know, I'll pay you again. Yeah. It was in the lot. I paid them off and I delivered it to the house. And the wow, was like a kid at Christmas. It don't go. Why doesn't it go? And there was a guy out in Worcester. He was a wizard. His name was Tony Assisi. He built it. He built an electric car yeah. or anything. Yeah. And uh, he says, uh, when he seen it, he said, "I got to see it." Of course, I can't see. Tell you the phone. Good news is I can make it run if you put new circuit breakers in it. And the bad news is it won't run right. So another three thousand dollars in that, and then seven hundred dollars in batteries. And then I had a, I had a guy out in Beverly uh, about three years ago. I'm very disappointed. I won't say any names. It's across the street from a hot dog place. I had him come over to the house where it was parked and land. would you uh, be interested in one of these cars? Because I had two more that I was going to pull back from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, city car that needed a lot of work. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm interested. So I took the little red car to the city car to his place. And then the two cars, I got them trucked in from Arizona. When they got there, I don't want them. 
What do you mean you don't want them? They need too much work. That's like going to a dentist and the dentist saying your teeth are too bad. I yeah. can't do anything for you. I said, what do you mean? You're, you're a restoration shop. Yeah. He says, I gave them $3,000 up front. Never give any mechanic money up front, cash up front. You know what? When you look at the car now, what did he do for it? Nothing. And even when I went to pick it up, the batteries were dead. I said, couldn't you at least plug it in so it would run? <laughs> it didn't even run. I had to, you know, push it on the truck. And I got beat out of $3,000 in that shop that's a crusty yeah. hot dog no. place. I won't say the name yet, yeah. but I mean, very disappointed. So then now it's down to Florida, and people in the club, I'm disappointed. The people in the club are supposed to help out. Yeah, and they well, don't do anything at all. Well, it, sound, it, sound, it, sound, it sounds like you got a bunch. Hey, John, we gotta we got to move on, okay. but thanks for calling. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Got an email from a listener who said, uh, this this uh, fact is not readily apparent from reading the RMV website and on the subject until and unless you read the web page, Mark, see if you need real ID. And this is about real ID. And it says, uh, not sure if that's the exact wording, but it's close. This dialogue box appears after you've entered all your info and asked for a real ID. If you have a valid current passport, you already have entered your passport uh, info along with all the rest of the info. Page comes up revealing in large block letters, you, don't, you do not real, need real ID if you have a valid current passport. Whoever designed the system needs to go back to school. The passport thing should come up uh, way earlier in the process. At least I, he says he thinks so. Uh, anyways, perhaps when you uh, next talk about Real AD on your Saturday morning show, you might want to inform your listeners about this fact. It saves much time and allows the license renewal to be done online, assuming you do not need, don't have any outstanding tickets, or if you're on the first cycle because you can only do that once. You have to be in person every other time. Most folks carry their passport when flying, but now I think all uh, will have to. Uh, it says uh, most most folks carry their passport when flying, but now I think all will have to after the law takes effect in 2020. That's correct. So unless you have real ID and you're flying domestically, then you don't need to bring a passport. But you also need real ID. For instance, I go to the transportation building in Boston once in a while because that's where. They have some meetings and different things, and you are going to have to show real ID to park in the transportation building garage, so in federal buildings and some like that. So I wouldn't carry my passport, although I know people that carry their passport with them every day, although I think they're sketchy individuals that need to get leave the country sometimes, but... Um, Anyway, the uh, he says anyway, always uh, always listen to your show either on Saturday morning or from a tape of making the show. I have uh, 63 years uh, turning wrenches first on autos and on aircrafts. You mentioned uh, more than once on your show how we're becoming a dying breed, and I think you're correct. One very large reason for that is computerization. The aircraft. Uh, Maintenance, I went back to school and became an electrical engineer. I worked in computer design, maintenance, and repair for many years, including 14 years with digital. I help my friends whenever I can. An auto diagnosis, a problem I frequently face, especially with newer cars, is I can't afford to purchase required test equipment for in an increasing number of cases. As you know, that can make diagnosis all but impossible in many cases. It certainly increases time required. Uh, further... Um, Young folks, uh, you know, they have uh, they have little or no training, and even the basics from high school shop classes, since they were all canceled a bunch of years ago. I completely understand why sometimes you have fewer callers answering technical questions. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, all good points. I think uh, I think that um, you know, if you don't need real ID, and depending on what your license is, my license is going to expire in twenty twenty, and that's the year real ID is going into effect. You can renew your driver's license up to a year early, and it doesn't affect the expiration date. So if I renew my license in 2020 like I'm supposed to, it'll expire in 2025. If I renew it in 2019, it'll still expire in 2025. And rather than get involved in the real ID rush, I think I'm just going to do it, do the paperwork, do what you need. It's it's somewhat complicated, but if you follow the directions, it goes pretty easily. I did it. My license was set to expire at the end of this month on my birthday. And yep. so I just did it. I upgraded to the real ID. Yep. Uh, Libby did it her license is set to expire on her birthday in january and we're flying out to go to florida in yep. january so she's like i'm just gonna do this now yeah it makes yeah. sense to do it if you're if you're expiring now you might as well get it done yeah yeah but like uh, jack pointed out if you think you have to do it you don't have to do it as long as you have a passport as long as you have a valid passport and um, a lot of people do these days let's go talk to robert and tingsboro Robert. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, that's bad. I just uh, listened to your uh, compliments on the RAM. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm proud of And uh, I was just wondering if you've heard any more uh, recalls on that particular 1500, you know, the railroad models. Um, no, I, ha- I haven't. But <laughs> that doesn't mean, you know, vehicles get recalled Every single day, it seems like now. Um, the the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website has a recall box in it now where you can put in the vehicle identification number, and it'll actually say whether your vehicle has a recall specific to your your production number, and it'll let you know whether it's been done. Right, yeah. So, you know, I've had two It's all yeah. airbags. Yeah, like it's- yeah. Everybody, it's airbags. I'm getting tired of getting the, the notices. You know? Well, and some of them, some of them are, uh, some of them are uh, pretty tough because uh, uh, the Ford Fusion air, airbag system, uh, they don't have the parts for it, and they're telling people to park the cars. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. speaking of recalls, um, our buddy Paul from Braintree sent me an email. He um, he got a recall on his Mazda six for rust, and it's a 2009 vehicle and they determined it was unsafe to drive and they put them in another car and they're going to wait and they're going to have to put a subframe in it that's nice nothing's changed i thought the uh, japanese cars had corrected the rust problem you know it's it's um as much as it well it's i think it's a combination of both i think it's that um some of the stuff has been gotten better but we're putting you know, that, that liquid stuff that we put on the roads in bad weather to keep the roads from freezing up is right. really hard on steel. In fact, uh, back uh, oh, probably a couple of years ago now, we had somebody from the uh, Metals Institute on, and they were talking about, especially when they put the stuff that looks like a brine on the road, and it does a really good job of lowering the the freezing point of of water and snow so it doesn't freeze on the roadways but it's literally rusting bridges away and it's doing yeah, the same yeah. thing to cars 
Yeah, that's nice. The bridges will really be a problem. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, so there, you know, it makes the road safer. But it, you know, we we have never, you know, Mazda's had a problem. Mazda has had a problem. And Nissan has had a problem too, with a lot of undercarriage rust on some of the models, like the Altimas. On the other hand, you know, you kind of look at, you know, when I was when I was a kid, and probably you too, you know, when you had a when you bought a ten year old car, it wasn't all that unusual to see. The frame that was rusted out, you go to somebody's welding shop and they'd, you know, yeah. knock out a piece and weld in a piece of metal over it and call it a day and you'd move on. But now now we're seeing cars that the, the undercarriages are getting all rusted out. And um, I know my old Hyundai actually had a recall to do an inspection for rust, and it was fine. There was no problems with it. But they went in and they sprayed this... Uh, uh, special rust preventative all over the back of the car to keep to keep it from getting any worse um and we're starting we're starting to see that and you know and and it's it's primarily i think in almost every case it's all cars that are up here in the northeast yeah even body cars would be even more uh, detrimental probably oh yeah because you know you see some of the uh the uh, GM midsize cars, you know, Buick Centuries and LeSabres and, you know, Chevys, that all the rocker panels are all rotted out on them. And, they're, uh, and, be, and that's essentially the frame. You know, yeah. it's, you know, the ones from like, you know, 99, early 2000s. And they actually make a, uh, a metal cover plate that goes over the rotted rocker panel, you tack it in place so it actually looks good afterwards, but it doesn't do a whole lot for structural rigidity because right. what's behind it is still all rotted yeah, out. But it makes it, it makes it look prettier, though. Yeah. yeah. I had a neighbor who had to get rid of his uh, 2002 F-250 because the frame was wired. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah I, I, I know a guy who's got a F-250, and he hangs a plow on it. Yeah. And uh, he, I said to him, I said, "Ain't rust on that?" He's like, "Yeah, it looks like Swiss cheese under there." He said, "But I've owned the truck, I've owned the truck for a long time, and it doesn't owe me anything." And he said, "It still plows snow just fine, and that's all I've ever wanted it to do." So he said, "I'm going to hold on to it till the plow frame drops off the front of it." So yeah, yeah, the truck buckles in the middle. And yeah, but it's got like a V shape. Yeah, but he all he does is plow snow in his driveway with it, so he doesn't worry yeah. too much about it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for that. And All right. Happy happy anniversary. Well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. I probably should have mentioned the whole anniversary thing last week before it was my anniversary, so my wife knew. Bobby Brooks is over there going, "What's wrong with you? What did you just get married?" Well, forty-two years ago. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Yes, sir. And I think this has been asked, but I still don't remember the answer. If you money wasn't an issue and you had one. And you could buy one car, one vehicle in this region. What is the best overall vehicle that you think would wouldn't rust, get you through, get you by, and all that? So I have stuff. to buy one vehicle and it has one. to last me forever. Yes. No, no. I don't want to. Um, I would buy an SUV because of the practicality of being able to carry junk around in it. You know, tools and wood and. But if I had, if money was no object, I would just pick up the phone and call a carpenter or a plumber or something. But I'm not. Um, the other thing is, I would want all-wheel drive because. But if money was no object, I wouldn't care if it snowed. I'd just stay home, and wait That's for the, not plow, the point of the wait question. for the plow <laughs> wait for the plow truck to come. It's not the point of the question. If um, I like the idea of sitting up a little higher sometimes, so you get a little bit better view of traffic. Um, 
I am a fan of the Honda Pilot. I think nice, good size SUV. Even bigger than I need, though, really. Um, if I didn't have to keep it forever, Jeep Grand Cherokee. I like the size of the Jeep Grand Cherokee. I think it's a really nice size. Dependability, once it gets five or six years old, I don't think it's a forever car. I think the dependability falls off just a little bit as they start to get older. You know, any any um, you know any of the surveys kind of show that. Um, but great in winter, good on-road performance. If you get it with the V8 in it, it's a hot rod. Um and but you know that you're going to have to pay for some repairs as they come up. Uh, Toyota Highlander, nice vehicle. Um, because money was an object, the Hyundai Santa Fe Sport that I bought kind of does everything I needed to do. It gets reasonably decent gas mileage. Your seats fold down. You can put stuff in the back. Um, it's got a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. It's a pretty good car, but money was an object. So... If money wasn't an object and I just fixed, got things fixed when they broke, would I go out and buy a Range Rover? I don't think so. I don't think I'd, if I had, if money was no object, I would have more than one car. My, my, my point is like the rust. The rust has always been an issue. What Going back to the 80s with the Datsuns and all that. Like, yeah. And the corroded Corollas. Yeah, and, I mean the old the old joke with the, all the early Japanese cars. If yep. you if you listened real carefully in the showroom, you could hear them starting to rust. Yes, but then and then Hyundai came out, and Hyundai was Hyundai. Um, South Korea's climate is very much like our climate here in the Northeast, so they build them. They're, yeah. they're supposed yeah. to be built yeah. better. And now that, that were the first Hyundai's, the Hyundai's excels, the doors rotted off. Them. Yes, they did. Yeah, they were terrible. Absolutely, yeah. but they started every yeah. time. Yep. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, well, <laughs> not every time, though. My, my mom had a, There was a little valve in the engine called the jet valve that uh, would melt and fall off. Um, but no, they, you know, and what's, what's happened is they out, you don't see, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you'd see body panels all rusted out, fenders rusted out, yes. doors, you don't see doors and fenders rusting out anymore. But still, there's places that moisture can get trapped underneath the car. And with this salty stuff they put on the road, uh, calcium chloride is very corrosive to metal, and it clings up under there. And even if you go get an undercarriage wash, it still doesn't necessarily wash out where it clings, and sometimes it forces the salty, sticky mixture into places it wasn't ever designed to go to start off with. So So what I'm hearing is you shouldn't get an undercarriage wash. I get mixed feelings about it. The other thing is, depending on the car wash, all car washes recycle water. So, and it takes the dirt out of the water. It takes the debris out of the water. But does it leave the salt in the water? Maybe. Um, It's supposed to go through a filtration system, but I'm not sure it always does. So sometimes you're washing your car with salty water. You know, you think you're doing the right thing on a, uh, a, uh, you know, it, it snowed for three days. The roads are finally pretty good. And you go, I'm going to go get my car washed and wash all that salt off of it. And there's a line at the car wash. And they and you go, huh, oh, it's all nice and clean now. But was it really clean water or was it 
recycled water from before. We ought to get somebody from the car wash place on here to find out what the answer to that is. The best thing you can do is get under there with a hose with fresh water and hose it all off with nice fresh water. That ain't happening in the winter. Yeah, you're not doing that? No. No? All right. That ain't happening, period, let alone the winter. In wintertime? Hmm. Uh, my my uh, my new car did get a little minor fender bender. Uh-oh. Um, it was, uh, Joanne was driving it. She brought it home, and she um, she thought that go, she actually. In control. She, no, she actually thought she um, maybe backed up into something. But I think it was a supermarket, Walmart parking lot thing. And it put a little, four little scratches on the corner of the bumper next to where the reflector light is in the bumper. And it broke the light, which was mounted to the inside of the bumper on a plastic tab that screwed in. And it broke the tab off. So now it's it's got a broken light, and there's no place to attach it, so it needed a bumper. So it, if the car was a year old, I would have just ordered a new light, siliconed it in place, and got a can of touch-up paint and touched up the scratches. And, and it was below the bumper, so you wouldn't have even really seen it. But the car still is kind of brand new. So I'm like, oh, I'll put it through insurance. And it, it was basically a hit and run. It, there was no way that my wife could have backed into something with it because it would have scratched the side of the car. It was something hit. It almost looked like a trailer hitch hit it or something like that. And uh, I was I was wondering where to bring it. And not far from my house in Brockton is a place called Modern Auto Body. And I brought it there. And when I called up the first time, they said to me, we'll need it for about four days based on what you've told us that's wrong with it. And this was prior to Thanksgiving. And they said to me, you know, try to get in here first thing Monday morning because we're closed from Wednesday afternoon till Monday morning, and you don't know what happens over the weekend. So I couldn't get in there on Monday. I got there on Tuesday at 7.30. And they said, you know how we told you four days? We got like 10 cars that came in over the weekend. And they said, it's going to probably be closer to 10 days to get it fixed. I said, oh, oh well, okay. So... um I dropped it off, and the woman behind the counter was really nice. And they had two dogs and exotic fish in the showroom, so in the waiting area. So how can you not like a place that's got dogs and fish? And uh, I played with the dogs, looked at the fish. She went out, took a bunch of pictures. She said, oh, yeah, we have the notice from your insurance company. We'll we'll take care of it. Um, you just have to pay us a deductible. And... Um, I called up and just said, "Oh, can you know? I'm just checking on it. You've had it for about you've had it for about a week, and I just want to know just so I can set my schedule when they when I can come and pick it up." And she said, "Oh, it'll be ready. I'll give you a call, but it should be ready tomorrow night." So she called me earlier the next day. So it's only been about eight days now instead of ten. And she said, "Oh, yes, it'll be ready this afternoon at four thirty, and I couldn't get there till the next day. So I went there and. They did the body work, but they also reconditioned the whole car. Not that it needed it, but they vacuumed the whole interior, cleaned all the tires, uh, polished the wheels. Looks like they waxed the whole car. Um, but they did a really, they did a real nice job. And I, I had never met the owner before, so I called him the other day and said, "Hey, you want to come on the radio show one of these days and just talk about, um, you know, the business, the challenges of being in the body shop business." So maybe over the next couple of weeks, we'll have Franny from Modern Auto Body on 
to talk about the body shop business and sort of the stuff they do. I was real impressed with the way they took care of everything. And uh, I didn't really have to do anything. And they would have even taken care of a rental car if I had rental car coverage, which I don't. Bobby Brooks is standing right over there, right in front of that microphone. So I might as well turn it on and see... What'd you do with Paul Sullivan? Paul Sully, Sully's a little under the weather today. He is. Yeah, I got the, you know, I, I actually have the phone, and I have a certain ring for Paul Sullivan when he when he so sends you know? an email. I know. So it's so it's almost like a firefighter when the really alarm is. goes off, you jump up. I jump up. Put your boots on. And I go, I got the call from the bullpen. There you go. There you go. go. So uh, he's... Uh, uh, you know he's over. He's around. He's around all those sick kids too. So I know, I, you know ugh, all those germs. And, and I know. Well, you're playing with the hand sanitizer yeah, I, this now. This is something so. new in the studio. We well, it, I, yeah, I kind of spray I, and hand sanitizer. Yeah, I kind of. I'm a little worried. There's hand sanitizer and disinfectant spray. You must have known how it was coming. Well, I'm worried about what wh- what they're trying to kill in here. So I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully so it's, it's not yeah. us. By the way, I've been driving around this week in a 2004 Kia Spectra, Paul. You have. I have. You have. Why? Well, because it was given to us and we needed it. Oh, there you go. That's a good reason. You know, it runs good though. Yeah, there's uh, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. By the way, happy anniversary to you and the lovely bride. Yeah, yeah. Forty-two years. Forty-two years. Yeah. It's uh, and congratulations on uh, uh, I don't know something. 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 something yeah. Something's happening. Yeah, something's happening. What you is? Know, it? You know, it's scary. I, I my full-time job is is the postal service. I don't work. Johnny does the hard work. Yeah. He's out right now delivering the, the mail. Delivering you know, the country's day, mail. One of those uh, cushy jobs. You know, I actually sell postal products, whatever the case is. But uh, this past November, a few weeks ago, I am less than one year away from being eligible to retire. Eligible to retire? Eligible to retire. 34 years I'll have in the business. I started when I was like 21 with no intention to stay. And what happened? I stayed. You stayed? <laughs> I got yeah. married. I had kids. I had a mortgage. I had college. I had, you know, go keep it going on. And then here we go. No regrets, though. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. No and uh, and uh, am I going to see you Thursday night? Oh, you'll see me. All Thursday right, night. all right. Okay, Unfortunately, right. Mary can't make it this year. Oh, okay. But uh, oh, I'll be there. You'll be there. All right. I already got my grab gift. Outstanding grab gift this year. Really, It'll be the best grab gift in the whole pile. Well, and just so there's a little uh, Salem Radio uh, Christmas party, and and I've missed a couple of them. So uh, yeah. so I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Now you were so there you last guys year. Going? Yeah. Oh. You <laughs> no, coming? No. It's, it's, Why not? It's actually, no, it's a great time, Dennis. You're missing a great time because it's like the United Nations because you got the Irish people there. You got the you got our good friends from the from the Spanish station. It's like this whole melting pot of great food and and different music. It's a lot of fun. What time is it? And where is it? Well, we'll talk about that off the yeah. air. We yeah, can't right. say well, that on <laughs> the air. Yeah, sorry. Disregard that question. That yeah. question did not go out yeah. there. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So no, you're missing a great time. It's a lot of fun for everyone. Yeah, it is. To get it is. And you know the 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 uh, the. Pat and Carol and, and the whole front office folks are just all very genuine on, yeah. on getting us all together. And, and, you know, the thing with me is I only come in here on Saturday, so I never get to really meet anyone. So it's a, it's a nice way for me to kind of interact, and, sure and Joanne Joanne will be with me, and we'll, we'll come over. And, and I, I think I have the best grab gift. You think? Well, we will see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, so we, there's we, a grab well, <laughs> It's yeah. funny. At these parties, though, there's a line waiting to talk to talk to you about their car issues, and, <laughs> and it's like he's holding court like Lucy on the— on the peanuts, you know, yeah, the psychiatrist there we, there we is in. There we go. Hey, I think we're just about out of time. Oh, boy, yeah, we got to get going, huh? Yeah, I think uh, I think okay. Bobby Bobby Brooks needs to uh, get behind the big microphone and play the very best in Irish music. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.